Hi, this is Tracy Savage. I'm Debbie from Friday the 13th, Part 3. When I'm not hiding from axes or arrows or trying to keep Shelly quiet, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. You don't want to miss it. And out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that if given the choice between Cheerios and Fruit Loops, will always follow our nose and go the toucan route. You're eating Cheerios. <laughs> My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. <laughs> and on today's episode, Shark Timber finds us sailing into familiar waters as we head back to Amity and talk 1978's Jaws 2. And whether you've squinted hard enough to see a schooner or not, you can can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your Brody hole. (laughs) And uh, if you are uh, doing the, I guess, can you do the Brody? No. No, well. Uh, No, because like. He talks too much. That's true. That's true. Well, if you find yourself floating out on the seas that is social media, uh, you can float along with us as we are on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is indeed on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and shark nanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, September 16th, if you live in the landlocked Kansas City area, and would like Thank those yeah, those Brody S shenanigans taken care of indoors and virtually. You just go to screenland.com and the Friday this episode is releasing genius. <laughs> our latest Friday night fright <laughs> is one that not only lends itself to to the, <laughs> to the impression but also is a nice one where we can break out a particular uh, gong in this case. Oh yeah, we get like you, you've heard of the muscles from Brussels. This is the we're going to see the Austrian oak, and in theater, <laughs> and in theater one. So thankfully, we're going to be able to take in 1984's The Terminator. Instead of Connor, this movie is rad. And you yeah. know what? It's cool that we get to see an Arnold movie. We don't get to show an Arnold Arnold on Friday Night Frights. Oh, Arnold, Arnold doesn't dearly dip his toe in horror all that often. But when he dips his toe, at this place, he doesn't go toe deep. He goes to the waist deep mm-hmm. to this point. Now, that being, that being said, though, anytime we break out the schwas, you know a certain clip from a certain documentary is going to find its way in there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna... coming to Friday Night Frights. You're coming all the weekends. You're coming everywhere. You're coming in theater one. You might be coming in theater two. Imagine how happy you are. You'd be coming when on to the uh, movies. Oh, the pump! It's gonna show up. It's gonna show up. Now that being said, <laughs> the following Friday is a film that actually competed in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, mm-hmm. as it's celebrating its twentieth year of terror. Uh, and this is one I'm really anxious to see on the big screen. Me too. 
I don't think I have because I didn't see it in the theater. No, this is going to be my second. T- this okay. is gonna be, well, the, the the I haven't seen it in the theater since the theater. Okay. But yeah, this is going to be rad. I'm looking forward to, admittedly, a really good remake of The Ring. Mm-hmm. Gore Verbinski's The Ring. Just see Samara creep out and fucking crab walk to you out of the TV. Makes you terrified. Of... But the, ba- the bad thing is, like, I don't want to say that it's lost its punch because I'm sure when I see it on the big screen again, it's going to still be like, fuck, right? But, like, of all the parodies and things that I've seen and, sure. like, you know. That just shows you how influential it is. It's exactly. It kind of, not to say it loses its muster, because that's actually the opposite. Sure. It enhances. Because just thinking of Samara now, like, my mind's thinking of all, like, the different parodies I've seen. And it gives me one of those, like, sideways smiles. So, like. Again, when you go missing, we're going to eventually have to go into Japan. Exactly. To find you. Exactly. So, now, go back to the source. Now, this one actually have always enjoyed. And given that crazy turn, that equine turn that it takes. Oh, shit. That freaked me out. That freaks everyone out. And that's the other thing. It's a PG-13 film. Mm-hmm. But don't let that fool you. Yeah. I think there are a number of horror fans that grew up with this movie that saw it probably around age of 13, even younger, of course, that just struck that horror nerve. I know Adam uh, from Screenland, he's a little bit younger than we are. He said this is one that was a secret scare because you weren't anticipating something truly horrific at a PG-13 level. You're going to die in seven days. And, and you know what? And the fact like the VHS, I'm not saying that it's hot again now, but the whole like oh, VHS like scene culture, is, is, yeah. is huge. So can you imagine if there's like an actual curse tape going around now? Of course. There's probably a film About, built around that. Oh, yeah. Like, well, there's a Falcon film series VHS. This is very true. We'll eventually get to that on a Friday Night Fright. No, but I hope to see you all out for that. Now, that being said, the weekend of the 16th is actually loaded with uh, good repertory screenings and some new uh, genre releases. Uh, Now, in terms of the repertory screenings, we've got, and be you a fan of Mm Ice-T, of Laurie Petty, Uh of the Comic Comic Source, or Rachel Talalay. Hope to see you all out for Tank Girl. Tank Girl's rad. Tank Girl is rad. Uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell uh-huh. shows up again. It, you're gonna have those Rick turning Dalton. people in a water. It's fucking slick. It's kangaroo. And I, get, I don't give a shit what everybody says. Giving the hate about kangaroos, whatever. And you know what? Wait, I'll people people back. hate kangaroos. No, ta- uh, the kangaroo process. Oh, that whole makeup. Okay. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I liked the whole makeup effects. Guy, and you know what? I didn't even mind Warriors of Terra. The mm-hmm. Warriors of Virtue, the kangaroo warrior ones. Dust, that fucking one is Dustin's the most despised movies, but I'm like, whatever, dude. Is fucking- your favorite entry in the Howling franchise the Marsupials? No, no, it's three. But <laughs> uh, but no, I'm anxious to see uh, that like one on the big screen. Whether like, you are kangaroo friendly or not, please come on out for that. Uh, now, a very special screening, in fact, one that is going to have the co-star in attendance, uh, oh hi, Mark. Greg, is it Sestero? You're from Greg Sestero. It should be Sextero, the way that guy looks. Uh, a screening of Tommy Wiseau's The Room mm-hmm. with Greg in attendance. I don't know if plastic spoons will be provided, but you know you can always rock along with uh, "You Are My Rose." He is definitely the better of the Gregs. I can say I felt I feel well represented when he's in there, and I've experienced the room hosted it mm-hmm. it it's fun especially for first timers and especially that cut it's an experience movie uh but 
it's an earnest movie. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want. Well, not an earnest, as in a. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, hey, Vern. Hey, Vern. Lisa, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> Ernest goes to the room. <laughs> oh, hi, Danny. How's your love life? <laughs> this is the problem of the English language. It's homonyms. <laughs> I'm telling you, it just veers everything horribly. But then also screening that weekend, uh, we've got Sofia Coppola's The Virgin Suicides. I've seen that. It's an I've seen that for me as well. And I know by reputation it's phenomenal. And being that we're both fans of Kirsten Dunst, Mm -hmm. if we were Kirsten Dunst completists... We would be watching that. We will have the chance to see that on the big screen. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some other uh, new releases that are coming out, Genius, and they're ones that are perfect for this podcast. Uh, We've got Making Another Run here, a film that you're going to be experiencing soon, one that I experienced, and... It's an experience. Barbarian. From... Krom. I, I wish. I wish. I had some... I actually had no notions going on with this one because the trailer itself starts Ambiguous. like... It is. It starts like this weird meat cute at an Airbnb, and then it looks like it goes into torture porn-esque kind of territory, and I was like, eh, probably not for me. But then I started hearing stuff, and people going, it's, it's pretty good. In fact... People were kind of describing it as a malignant-style viewing experience. Ooh. Not so much that it's a malignant-style movie, but just the journey that you go on. Oh, okay, so no, there's no, like... There's no police siege scene that makes us go, what the fuck? Rats. I will say this, though. The journey I went on, had a good time. Okay. Had a good time. Now, the other uh, new release that's going on is... Uh, the Women King. I've heard great things about that. From the first time I saw that trailer, I was It looks in. rad as shit. It looks I'm, sweet. I, I want to see that one. I'm I all in. On the biggest, loudest screen I can. Ideally Theater 1 with that one then. And mm-hmm. I'm also playing this weekend is going to be the follow-up to Ty West's X. We're going to be able to take in Ty West's Pearl. Sweet. Very much looking forward to this. And here's the thing. I never really are not like, all right, a new Ty West film. You know, that is not me. <laughs> but is, yet, yeah. I'm like, cool, I'm ready to see Pearl. Because I really enjoyed X. Come with me before daddy gets home. You know, I, I thought it was fun. I thought that it was the, the, the eaten Alive homage was grand. Anytime, and again, most people went with, in terms of the Tobey Hooper reference with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But no, I mean, it's... It's in the water, like yeah. it's in the DNA. And now I'm a Mia Goth fan. I mean, like I couldn't say that I knew much about her before X, but now I'm like, ah, yeah. Well, and again, she was in um, the remake of Suspiria mm-hmm. as one of the dancers. But you know how I felt about that movie. No, very much so. Though. So it, you you might be able to give it a chance. Uh, but I'm really, really looking forward to checking that out now. That's a lot going on uh, in the theater. Now, of course, there's a couple of ways that you can actually help support Screenland, whether you live in the area or from afar. Uh, you, of course, can go to ScreenlandOnline.com, where they have a number of films that you can rent from them directly, or you can become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com Screenland, where, amongst the many perks we offer, a little uh, a little uh, home-viewing movie party mm-hmm. called The Shutter Shoutout, and what we always do is we choose a double feature mm-hmm. of two films streaming on Shutter, 
And by joining the film family, uh, we put together, what do you call it, Genius? It's the home game. Where if if you are at a Friday Night Fright, if you can't make it to Friday Night Frights, this is almost like the next best thing. Right. Because what we do is we put together a customized pre-show. Uh, Genius and I introduce the movie. We give you some context, some facts, some insight, mm-hmm. ideally. Uh, we have, then have customized trailers for each of the films. And then, of course... The post-game yakety smack. Now, that being said, you don't get you that don't at get Friday that Night Frights. You don't get that at Friday Night Frights. It's no, sh- but that's, uh, that, so that's, that's exclusive. For yes, it's for you guys. Uh, so, yeah, we hope for you to join them because, again, uh, you know, Screenland, it is a very much local business, mm-hmm. mom and pop. Uh, we love everyone there because that's... that's Everybody has rad as shit. And that's our film family. But genius, if I am talking to a Patreon and film family... Hey, bellies we also have our own little film family going on at patreon and i'd like to highlight one of our many tiers that we have for folks Mm -hmm. but we have a tier called the i've seen that tier and in the i've seen that tier you are going to have access to all of our shutter shout outs and at this point We've got a we lot got a of bunch. them. Uh, in fact, at, at least at to least date, a dozen. Thirty-three oh. shutter shoutouts no they would shit. have access to, but also they will have access to over at this point three hundred and fifty-seven of the I've seen that episodes. Oh, nice! Where I talk about movies I've watched for the first time, which means yeah, I've seen three hundred and fifty-seven new films since we started Patreon. Nice, but a year's worth, a year plus, a lot, two years, Almost. I think. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But more importantly, the the main purpose of that tier is we have uh, we re- we talk a newly released horror film, mm-hmm. ideally in the theater, mm-hmm. but then sometimes but sometimes it's the streaming ones, yeah. that bring out some of the best conversation. Go back to the advent calendar episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, if you're gonna take monster drugs the monster side effects should be in tow if you're gonna have somebody be blasted and 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 you need big jim slate and thankfully if that doesn't intrigue you at this point just let it be known uh the uh, new horror episode that we're going to be releasing this month will be our thoughts well technically we're actually going to do a a kind of a battle of we're going to both watch Pearl and Barbarian mm-hmm. and then figure out which one is which one I want to which one we want to like have like the conversation really, with because I have a feeling that I'm going to have strong opinions either way because and I, I and because I already know your thoughts on Barbarian and 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 you you you've been vague enough where you've whetted my appetite right and so and I've heard things about Pearl that I'm I, like you know what I, judging on your taste in movies, that actually whets my appetite a bit more. Yep. So I'm like, I'm both excited for that. And you have actually done a really good job of not like overhyping shit, you know, because like hyperbole burns. Oh, yeah. I don't want that bur- bridge to be burned. But by joining the I've seen uh, the I've seen that tier. In fact, a little shout out to film family members, uh, Emma K., uh, Julie Holland of the uh, Carnage Report podcast and uh, Riley Barker of the uh, Who the Hell Is This For podcast, they will have access to whichever one we decide will bring about the best kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, based on our episode of which they can listen to of when we shared our thoughts on Ty West X, mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, we did. That was that was a fun one. That was a fun one. So please 
if that you know feels like that's webster appetite again a lot of bang for your buck i'd like to think in terms of joining our film family so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in go ahead and head on over to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead come and get come and have some fun with us yeah again good times are had come on bellies be a bell (laughs) and something that's been a blast so far is shark timber Mm -hmm. anytime we get to doggy paddle in the safety of our own homes oh exactly we're gonna have a blast go speaking of okay so every summer they had that jaws screening in the in water the water because they re-released was it this year where they released Jaws in the theater 3d yep the imax and it like blew everything else out of the water apparently uh, it's literally. phenomenal it's like a, you've seen it for a, the first time can you imagine that head jump scare oh no no in 3d no because okay so i hope it's more like cool 3d than jaws 3d it's it's immersive 3d speaking of you'll hear our thoughts on jaws 3d if you are a belly um shameless plug number one but uh (laughs) no so um they always every year they have that thing where you can float in like a a, it's not usually a pool it's usually like an ocean and watch a lake let's be it's usually a lake it's usually a lake no and sometimes especially if it's like in florida or something like that no that's double no so let me ask you mr daredevil as comparative to me right right would you go see a thing in a where you're floating where you're seeing a, a movie yes because i think that would be the ultimate communal experience uh huh because I've also pr- heard that some of those screenings, they will have someone in scuba gear that will fuck with you. Now, to me, that would be like a deal breaker if that was even a pun. Now, here's, now, you're not seeing the grin on his face. You would support it from afar, I think. Yeah. You wouldn't be see, the guy in there, but. See, here's the thing. My, my, I'm more of my love. I, I'm trying to it right now because, like, the cautious horror kid in me. Uh, is terrified of the thought of swimming in the ocean and the, the possibility of things biting you or eating you oh, or, yeah. you know, Nibbles. yeah, swimming up your pee hole or whatever, right? But the shenanigans side of me is like, that would be fantastic. The fan of all things William Castle? Yes. That would, that to me, that's amazing. That's the so, closest we'll get to like Samuel uh, Sam, uh, L. Bronkowitz presents in the Jaws. Vision, yes. Right? And and so the only thing that I would make me feel better about doing that, because I would fully be on board. If remember in the movie Popcorn, when they had the guy afar kind of like scouting to see who would be yep. the scare. Yep. If like you needed like somebody in the walkie talkie, like, OK, who should I go to? OK, go to this one right there now. Boom. You're in a control room, aren't you, genius? Yeah, or I'm in the watchtower above it, just on land, just looking at, looking for like who's gonna be the perfect scare, who's what, who can I fuck with the most, right? Then I'm down for that. I'm not gonna be participating (laughs) and like, oh no, Harry, somebody's drowning, save him. Ain't gonna be me. Sorry, you know. You're doing your part, (laughs) right? I'm, I'm just my part is to. Control the shenanigans and, and control. That's the key word. Because I'm not going in the water. Nope. No. Sharks in the water. Mm-hmm. Our shark. Sharks in some cases. Land shark. <laughs> well, and that's what was we kicked off last year. Shark Timbers with the granddaddy, the OG, mm-hmm. the movie that you really 
can't add anything new to. No, capital F film. The only thing I think we added, if anything, to the conversation was our freakish obsession with the Ed Gein number two Mm. of Quince. And I don't think that's funny at all. And probably the best piece of writing and reaction. (laughs) A a film beloved for many reasons, that kind of stuff included, but, you know, the John Williams score. Mm -hmm. The perfect collaboration and the meaning perfect collaboration of so many hardworking people that it went way over budget and again just go back to the episode we love it it is one of those things but yeah you know what doesn't get as much love or not as near much talk about i don't know if it like a dissertation has been written with jaws 2 it's probably been referenced in you know the original one but yeah the the sequel and follow-up to the og I knew immediately i wanted to make sure we took the time to talk about this movie because it's a rad movie it's like one of the best aquatic slashers this side of Amsterdam. It, it's, it's. Let's start there. It definitely falls in the the line of what the, the kind of the subgenre and slashers where you have it's the uh, the pseudo slasher, the secret slasher, where mm-hmm. on the surface of things it presents as a different kind of movie. A la Friday Night Frights Terminator. The Terminator's a perfect example of a secret slasher. In fact, right. a lot of people are like, wait. It's that's a slasher? Oh, fuck yeah, it's a they, slasher. Because it's more fa- closely, the normies would probably go more sci-fi mm-hmm. than horror with that. But it's a great combination of it. Yeah, even though his weapon is not a blade, it's <laughs> still a gun. and so, But he still goes on a spree, Alice, unstoppable, like... Unspockles, uh, let's go The Hitcher. Yeah. With Rutger Unstoppable. Howard. Unstoppable. Let's go the guest. The guest one. Alien. Yeah, Alien, totally a slasher film. It's, yeah. And it, the, the best part is it's the reveal of it and go, ah, oh, you fooled me, slasher. Mm-hmm. The secret slasher is wonderful. And Jaws 2, man, it fits right into that realm of the secret slasher. Almost, it's a uh, Halloween, a water world. Well, and it's appropriate because uh, this film did um, actually compete in uh, 2018's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, Mm -hmm. of which in the very same year, little independent number... Small little movie. (laughs) You might have heard of it. Halloween also competed that year, of which won... Oh, yeah. Which, imagine that. Everything, everything, (laughs) yeah. But the fact that we were able to talk Jaws 2 even within the confines of the year of 1978, Mm -hmm. because at that point, we're three years removed from the original Jaws, were four years removed from Black Christmas, which has really set up a lot of the slasher templates. Yeah. But the fact that Halloween and Jaws 2 are released in the same year, and they would work really well as a back-to-back viewing. Yeah. Built upon premises that both of them were really solidifying without necessarily knowing they were doing it. They're in, doing it. With... Within weirdly opposite movies. And then, like, like they said, uh, going to Leslie Vernon, we have the perfect tropes for a slasher we have a secret unknown killer <laughs> yep you know we're making its way into a town unbeknownst and then only being revealed when leaving clues sure murder certainly. here and there we wind up with our ahab a literal ahab we have time, an ahab you know so and he goes full-on madness he basically like you're talking on the off the mic while we're watching the movie he turns into a loomis the the best part of the movie should be that it only runs about an hour and 40. It runs just under two hours, but I do like the time given with our Ahab Mm -hmm. and his little Ahabs, wifey of the Ahab. (laughs) And his own, again, going back to the Halloween connection with his, uh, the Ahab, Captain Ahab, actually, his little uh, Brian Doyle Murray, his Carmen Philippi, you're on the quest too, hunt the evil. 
And that's the best part of going back to these movies, especially if we're watching them together and when we <laughs> realize and we pinpoint our attention on these random characters where we're like, oh, this might be the tenth time we're watching it, but why have we never noticed that guy? He's got speaking roles throughout the entirety of the movie, mm-hmm. and he plays as that weird unknown number two that was probably hoping this is, or maybe even built upon his appearance. Do you think he was a local there? Or like, dude, like that a guy, townie? Like, you look like a weird vet. old. Yeah, you look like an old salt. You, how you own a boat? Been owning a boat for since before I was born. I'm like, uh, boom, you're perfect, in. perfect. Do you know any sea shanties? But I speak them a language. You know, just. Uh, the other thing that we're introduced in terms of staying on the slasher motif is we do go from in the original Jaws he basically takes on crusty old vets for the most part mm-hmm. that is the emphasis of the story these middle aged dudes oh no this time he's going straight for the teens oh. he goes I'm going to camp he's, 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 he's going <laughs> to fuck him up <laughs> he's are going, you ready to do some sailing <laughs> are you ready for the Jaws right <laughs> We are the the movie is ready for the shark attack and the finish. We are just overloaded with teens in this movie, and I mean, a and the best part though is the fact that one of the teens showing up, not no stranger to Nightmare Junkin. In fact, we had a chance to talk about his performance in Christine, but welcome back, one uh, Gordon Keith. Yeah, uh, uh, Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon. Gordon Keith, (laughs) professional nerdlinger. And I think this is his feature film performance. So he was laying the groundwork and the seeds for his nerdlinger performances. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. Speaking of performances and returning characters, it was good to see the, um, well, I don't think that's funny at all. Lady. It was almost the entirety yeah. of the original cast. Yeah. I think that's why this movie deserves a better reputation. I think that's why some people dismiss it because it's, it is a sequel to Jaws. Mm-hmm. But you're bringing back almost the all of the original cast, minus Dreyfus and of course you know Quince, Quint, yeah, and you know. But the only you thing even is, brought back the orca, the, multiple orcas, yeah, the, of which we'll get to. Uh, you bring back John Williams. Which, let's score was real good on this one. I mean, of course it's John Williams, it, but he sets up um, the playful scene. There, there's this one scene that I really want to talk about his music in because. It was like the whole playful banner, and just in the background, you'd see just a little bit of shark, and then you just hear the dump, bump, bump. But then playful the banner, playful banner, harp, lot of harp, lot of harp, lot of harp in lot this of harp. I loved it. I yeah, loved it. Well, it worked really well. Very aquatic. But that's great because that dun dun is almost equivalent to the doodly doo. Exactly in the background, because there's been a lot of times fucking he did some Michael Myers shit in this movie when the divers, the the lobster divers, the entirety when he's in the, it's the equivalent to him dry, uh, the shape driving. The, when he's driving the the, the right behind him, because they're all looking like, oh my god, he's freaking out. Meanwhile, bum 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 bum, in, you know. And, and <laughs> the fr- oh, okay, so going back to the characters and and but the music when he's playing the music, it's it's amazing and wonderful. And I was like, this is and like it's you're an saying, underrated John Williams. It score. really is. It really is because everybody thinks of the a lot of the big it's, ones, well, you know. Well, because it's, it's John Williams. It's, it's Star Wars. It's, it's Indiana Jones. It, but right? the original Jaws score is it's wonderful. But fantastic. This, but this one. It, it, there were moments of it, especially during some of the slasher set pieces, of which we're going to go through all of them. It sounded like a modern scary score. It reminded me of uh, Manfredini score. Yes, a little Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, there was a lot of it was like if you mix Jaws with Friday the Thirteenth, you would get this score. And I was like, Bravo, John Williams. I don't know if he has gone full into horror multiple times. I know like creature features with right. Spielberg and stuff, but I mean like I would love to see him do like. 
full on actually like a shitty horror movie <laughs> you know what i'm saying just like a b slasher it's like we had a thirty thousand dollar budget and it all went to john, john williams, williams for like a two-day composition i would love that because it elevates everything yes and it elevates this sequel to to status the only thing missing is spielberg mm-hmm. we get a different director but i think everything was Capably directed again. I think you could have cut off a good fifteen minutes of this movie. Yeah, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of fat that could have been trimmed. I, but the thing is, though, I was really kind of digging the downtime with the Brodies from the initial introduction when he's like running late to that the entirety of the Holiday Inn and Amity, the Hotel Motel Holiday Inn, the whole fucking sequence. I was like, okay, because it sets up everything nice. One. Sponsored by Holiday Inn. Absolutely. Two, we're introduced to Tina, who becomes one of the better background uh, characters. One of our, almost like our final girls. Right. We're introduced to the mayor again. Welcome back, mayor. The whole half the town half is the back. town. And then the new villain, the industrialist. Why is it always? I mean, I'm not saying why. I know fucking why. why. <laughs> well, we know why. But politicians and uh, land developers mm-hmm are the perfect villains. They're almost like, I'm not, you know how Nazis are the perfect villains? Right, right. They're the perfect villain. Make a politician evil, boom, you got something. Okay, Amityville, they got a shark problem. They didn't move the bodies when we created this Holiday Inn. Boom, right? That's how they get sharks coming out of the pool. Yep. Fuck all that noise too, right? And <laughs> and I will say this, this is one of those films that I did not see it in the theater, obviously. Oh yeah, me f- neither. I was two at the time. But I did see it a lot on HBO. It was one of those con- pretty constant rotation, much like Jaws 3 and Jaws The, the Revenge. Revenge. They showed it a lot, uh, number two, on um, Channel 5 a lot. I can see that. Because you don't have to edit shit. Not a lot of gore. And that's the other thing in terms of... For a slasher, and much for like, like Halloween... And for the ten, last 10, really, really tense 25 minutes of it... everything. For being PG, is like, shit, all right, cool. There's some super intense scenes, a couple of them that gave me the chicken effect where my legs go up, much, and that's the best part of this. And then also this, the slasher itself, the shark, the fact. He's monstrous now. Scarred and burned. Uh-huh. Like the phantom of the sharker or whatever that is. That's horrible. But you... Almost like in Halloween with Michael Myers eventually going and being burned. I could just see him with like a mask. Like if he got like a chrome skull mask. Absolutely. That'd be fucking rad. And it would work because this shark is more violent. He goes after and he's a bully. He goes after like the nerdlingers, the nerdlingers and the children first. I mean, when of course he's a, he's going to take whatever he can get. Sure, but, but when when a given a choice, like a buffet. Yeah, he's gonna go for the veal and, and the wings. The, yeah, and the wings. He's going. He's gonna. He's a bully too, and he'll fuck him up. He'll like, cause Bruce in the first one, yeah, bump the boat. That's mm-hmm. what sharks do. Boom, knock him over. Out. But he'll come up and be like, no, I'm gonna fuck this boat up too. Oh, you're trying to be rescued? Fuck you! I'm gonna fuck up your helicopter. So let's do this. Let's go into some of these slasher set pieces because I don't mind spoiling this film. It is. It's like 30, 40 years old. But the opening of the movie, the fact that we start with these divers, and also Bruce 2 point of view, Bruce 2. I liked your Bruce Lou. There it is. Um, so you realize, and again, the, the, the harps, the ring, 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 but then also the hint of the Jaws theme. Bum, bum, bum. Like you said, peppered throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. But 
we get an immediate like immediate callback to the OG film with the the wreckage of, of the, the orca, orca. Uh-huh. which is wonderful. But there's something that has stuck with me from the first time I watched it on HBO to the when we just viewed it again. The dude doing the little posing in front like, of the orca, ah! arms in the air. Yeah, I found the orca. Now he found the shark too. That's just it. We have then the immediate introduction, and in the original Jaws, we get Chrissy being killed by herself. We got to up it. We got to take out two people. Boom, he's here, and he's done. We get apparently. Also, the shark is not big on having pictures taken of him. No, no, it gave me it gave me like an alligator vibe. Yes, I and again, it's not exploitative, exploitative, Mm-mm. but it's also not gratuitous. But it's also not the OG Jaws. Right, it's very much a sequel. It's very much let's go ahead, let's ramp up our times with the Brodies. Let's amp up some of these kills. Let's go for it. And we go from the opening scene to... To the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn, which... And I felt bad for the cleaning crew of After the After all the balloons? But the balloons and the glitter's going to get stuck in the filter. That's fucked up. And you're never going to get it out. Can you imagine like the people staying there at the Holiday Inn and like, yay, nah, we can't use the pool now. Well, you just mm. mentioned that's part of the curse now of that Holiday Inn. Yeah. It starts with just a little bit of green algae. Then it turns... The pool. Then there's a horror convention in it and the elevator breaks and then it gets has to get demolished. <laughs> oh, man. Do you think possibly? Yeah, they yeah, didn't move the bodies. I think so. They didn't move the bodies at the fucking Mamata. Let it rest, genius. Let it rest. We don't want to bring that about because that'll be like our ring-esque kind of curse. <laughs> but no, we go with the uh, the Holiday Inn. Even as a kid, I was so petrified of Jaws and any kind of body of water that I was convinced in my probably five or six-year-old mind when I saw it for the first time, Jaws was in that pool. And it fucking still could be in my mind. It's it can still- be. I've seen enough shit. Fucking ghost shark. Fucking like I've seen uh, fucking uh, alligator. There could yep. be all shit in the pool. Yep. Yep. So it, it could be there. And that's the the frame of mind I carried for so long with that. Just being a little bit scared of what could exist, regardless of logic and reason coming and going. Nothing can be in the pool. Right. But from the pool, we then get my. The, probably one of my one of my favorite kills is the water skier because not only is it a grand explosion that you don't really get to see in a Jaws movie, right? I think Craig off Ar- the bat, off the bat, exactly because it also then is where the scar and the burning mm-hmm. comes up with our Bruce too, which is awesome and much like a Freddy Krueger, much like your Leatherface, you have to have that scarred visage again with J again. Fitting all the slasher tropes at this mm-hmm. point. It's it's phenomenal. Um, we get the lobster divers, which is, again, where you have that wonderful bit where he's... The, the, there's something about the menace of the fin, and when it's breaking the surface of the water... And nobody notices it. No, no, and then it's just... This one's... I can't it's tell. huge. It is. It, it's <laughs> huge. I don't know if they were trying to do that on purpose just because they're trying to, you know. Because this shark looks like a lot bigger than Bruce. The OG Bruce? Yeah. It looks a lot bigger. And I think they did that on purpose. Like, well, fucking, they had, they've had to make the shark as it is because it fucked up. We ain't fucking up now. Well, and you mentioned it's very much a bully. And we can also kind of technically throw on vindictive on the he list. Is. He's a big vengeance. And he's petty. He goes, oh, yeah, you're going to you're gonna talk shit on, with me with Orca? All right, cool. I'm going to fuck up the Orca in the sea. Oof. And I'm going to fuck up this Orca right now. 
So apparently, and again, the year before, and again, we talked about it on last year's Sharktember, 1977's Orca, the Killer Whale. That movie is fucking rad. It's, it is apples and oranges to Jaws. Which it, because, What's crazy, though, is the fact that the revenge that is all through Orca found its way eventually into the Jaws franchise. Right. Like, one of the Jaws 3 can be a retelling of Orca. Yes, it can. I mean, so... Oh, man, without that scene... Yeah, that scene is that scene was rough. That was that was that was almost like the the Some whale holocaust. Yeah. yeah, instead of cannibal holocaust, it was like whale holocaust. Like there Ugh. there's some horrible shit in this movie you might not yeah. want to watch. Be warned, be warned. Right? I think but we give a proper time, warning. It's a good story. It's a good story of revenge. And, but at the same time, this one's not a good story of revenge. Well, he's petty because yeah. he goes after the Brodies first, and then he's like, "All right, I'm, I'm gonna." And then he fucking gaslights Chief Brody numerous times, numerous times. He's like, "Uh huh, I'm watching you. You think I'm here? Nope. That's a school of bluefin, bitch. You can't find me, <laughs> right? He's a habitual line stepper." And this is where you have the transformation from Chief Brody into Doctor Loomis to take it full on the Halloween scale. Because nobody believes him from the get. No. Fucking even when the marine biologist is like, "What makes you think it's a shark?" Well, it's a big fucking hole out of this killer whale. Could have been another whale. Well, yeah, but it could have been a shark. I've seen sharks up personal. And the fact that the entire community. He won Man of the Year in 75 and based on... everybody's laughing at his ass. And it's weird. So he is very much saying, evil has come to your beach, Mayor, and they're ignoring him at their peril. But You don't much, know what Shockwaters is. Much like Loomis, and this is where we... Because in ha the OG Halloween, he's... He's over the microphone. Get your ass away from the water. He's still having a little bit of fun. But it's in part two when he becomes completely unhinged. Where he shoots upon anything and kills we, Ben Tramer. I was afraid maybe the Tramers were part of the uh, the residential people that were coming in. I don't think that's funny at all. The, from the Kittners and everything. But again, okay, so here's the thing. You know all this shit's going down. If I was the mayor and I've already been proven wrong multiple times in part one. And on the side of caution. Exactly. And even though he was a lot more sheepish, he was toned down. His attitude was toned down when his wardrobe was toned down. And but then we get fucking. Um, the weird Thornbirds dude in, in his place and like uh, just talking mad shit, hitting on his wife and uh, like right in front of him, oblivious in the, that the husband's there and not even care. There's going to be some weird um, like Housewives of Amity kind of um, show that could be going on built on the community. <laughs> And all the weird shenanigans. And I don't think that's funny at all. She's the drunk one of the group. Absolutely. She's the one that's always holding the Cosmo, talking about, like, you know, banging the pool boy and shit, right? Fucking, then you have, like, Mrs. Brody, the more relatable down-to-earth one. Audience fucking, surrogate. Yeah, then you have, like, I guess, I guess one of, later on, the one of the poor widows that you see in there. Because I was telling you while we were watching the movie, oh. I have a whole, like, future story for, for a lot of these characters. Poor Tina. Poor Tina, poor fucking Miss Amityville. From Miss Amityville to like the the widow Tina, she is. There's multiple broken people in this. There's a the, lot of trauma that's a lot happening. Of trauma in this because I gotta give I gotta give the side actors credit. Roy Schneider did great. You uh, know, yeah. I mean, all the main cast did fantastic. Fell, fell right into their roles Perfect. as if yeah. the Brody Boys did wonderful, right? And normally, like, kids annoy me when they're <laughs> precocious, but this one was cool. Blackmailing everybody. But Tina, when she is just broken, 
she did proper good. First of all, she did good through the whole movie. But then the new girl, the friend, everybody was like, oh, it's the new girl. Everybody loves the new girl, right? She comes on, doesn't have like one, maybe two lines in the whole movie until the end. When she freaks out, when she goes into shock, the terror, the fucking oh. just pure existential dread. I was waiting for her like when the shark... I was waiting for Susan Day George levels of shit. She went full she like Veronica was, Cartwright freak out. It was, and it was really good. It added this really element of authenticity. Yeah. Of like how you would, how I would probably react to seeing all the stuff that's happening. Oh my goodness. Okay. Her name is Donna Wilkes. She was Angel from the Angel movies. Oh, really? Yes. Really? It, see, that, that's a that's a, a USA Up All Night staple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it she is. was also in 90210 Shark Attack in a 2014. Bravo. So going back to familiar waters. But no, she legitimately would get the Veronica Cartwright. Uh, I am a you know, professional reactor because she sells it. Mm-hmm. She sells it. Uh, the uh, Tina's Joy. <laughs> can anymore. we Can we inquire if that was a... Like something you tried to like ascend to, to like those in Amity, like if you're coming of age, you'll go for a, a sale in Tina's Joy. Uh-huh. And that's local legend. It, and from Miss Amity to Tina's Joy to Tina's to Trauma. Tina's Trauma. Uh, and Tina's Joy And the reason up. she's traumatized is because that kill with the was boy. gnarly. It was mean. It's mean. Fucking it's insult to injury. And it's one of those that happens and we both laughed because- it's kind of comical. It's both rare when we're both monsters. <laughs> well, the the fact that he number one, you know, does his whole thing, knocks the boat over. The fact, great multiple top down shots where you see the shark slowly making its way. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that always give me the the heebie jeebies. A lot of those two, and the ones where the, he's um, gnawing on boats and oh, coming yeah. through. The, those always freak me out too. Yeah. Oh. So this this had this movie in spades. I mean, just all, all over the place. He was he was like the Kool Aid Man. It was Sharkleberry Finn. Well, he, he he proceeds to grab the guy and then full speed ahead, boonk, knocks him into the boat, and you get it's. It is comical, yeah, it but is. it's also mean. Yeah, it is. Because he's like, help me, help me. Thunk. <laughs> Gives him a second, and then he gets... And the best part, though, is I always love the ones when they're holding on to the thing and it breaks off. Uh-huh. We get a break off, killing of him, and then Tina's trauma consists. But it's a great set piece. But he's also... Another great set piece is one, the, the ski explosion, right? That uh-huh. And the fat, sad thing is that Tina saw... What went on? This, the trauma started early. Yeah, planted the seeds. You'd think you'd see pseudo shark attack explosion because she's a. I don't know what that one lady was trying to do in the first place, pulling up the gas tank and trying to like. She was trying to, I think, bonk him. She was trying to like douse him or something. Either to douse him or to hit him. Right. Like hit him in the nose as you're supposed to. Right. But, but she didn't realize that, that it was pouring on her and she went up like a tender. This is why you always put the cap on when you're out on boats. You always leave a note. Fucking. My God. Jay Walter Weatherman's over there all burnt. Like he lost That's his how you lost the arm. Yeah. Well, and it's it's Craig R. Baxley was like their stunt coordinator because it's a big it's a explosion. big explosion for a, one can of gas in a schooner. You but know? but it, it fits in then it, in terms of like sequels. You know, you always up the ante or the amity, I guess mm-hmm. in this case. Um, Maybe it was the last day of shooting, and they decided to blow up a shark one too. Why not? Why not? Uh, the the sailing sieges that happen, and this movie's. Sailing. 
Take me away. Christopher Cross. And that shark make him jump, jump. I, I'm a fan of Yacht Rock, man. I will not badmouth it. I love me some Christopher Cross. Mm-hmm. I am all in that. Well, you know how I feel about Malcolm McDonald. Or Michael, Michael McDonald. McDonald. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ride, ride like the wind. <laughs> the the <laughs> fact that for these teens, this is like their, what they do. They're going to go to the lighthouse. Yeah. Hang Ooh. out with... Hang now. out with Defoe Shark. He's over there. <laughs> Where the movie could have taken a weird turn. Thankfully, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get surprise Squidly Diddly this time. <laughs> yeah, that was the good thing. That was the good thing. You get surprise Squidly Diddly in Jaws 3D, ladies and gentlemen. Multiple instances. Multiple instances. But the fact that they've got these variety of schooners that they're going out and about in. You've got that like. Um, um, Napoleon Dynamite Nerdlinger. The Nerdlinger where he's like, he's got a girlfriend. Fucking sharks, pegs, lucky. Right? Okay, okay speaking of Nerdlinger, let's talk about the local bar. What? Okay. Uh, again, credit to the We Hate Movies podcast. Anytime we go to a townie bar, we're looking to a see bar. if it's a werewolf bar. In this case, it's a, it would be a shark bar because we did get wood paneling. We did, and we got darts. But darts. We didn't get any trophies. We I didn't, didn't see get any trophies. Anything nautical theme or no. even tiki theme. I would assumed like at least like a swordfish, right, mounted on the wall. Some, but instead, it looked fucking dope. I kind of want to hang out there. It had, looked like it had good fucking food. It had Pizza, a lot of video pinball. games, uh, fucking uh, darts, dude, all sorts of good shit, and it had a cool vibe. Fucking the bartender was Amy Steele. Fucking. <laughs> It was rad. It was fun to watch this to then reverse engineer all the stuff that came from all the slashers. But from for 1978. They go one on a fall break, fall break, baby It's hitting everything so early. You could go from a fall break to a bunch of teens going to an Amity Island. Mm-hmm. And in lieu of Ed, you get Big Ed, you get Big Bruce. The only thing that we were missing was like Campfire Tale. You know, just True. like. Lore of the Brodies, telling of the horror. Inevitably, you will, though, because the fact that, you know, these sharks are terrorizing the Brodies through four films. Through magic. You'll eventually have a sea shanty. Voodoo. Only in the novel. Only in the novel of Jaws the Revenge do we find out it's voodoo. Yeah. King Willie did have a beef with the Brodies. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Callback, Shark Barrel Planner. Nice pull on that one. And Joe Alves, who was the uh, production designer of this movie, eventually did direct Jaws 3D. Great pull. And Scheider actually sells it. He just gives us a look at it. He's like, eh. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. Remember this? Smile, you son of a <laughs> bee. You're good. Uh, the destruction of a helicopter. That was slick. You, you sometimes forget. That was great. That, that was occurs great. in this movie. That, yes, Bruce 2 takes on and takes down a helicopter. And you've seen it later on and there's a lot of epi- there's a lot of different movies where a creature will take down a helicopter from the water. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's dingy. This one was good. It's this great. one this one was scary. It was it, it was shocking. The shot right before when he's coming out. Yep. Fuck that's, all that. That's noise. a nicely Fuck shot. All scary that noise. Yes. <laughs> now there's uh between that and demons where you don't expect a helicopter th- to show up in like your third act, it works really nicely. Uh, also, the fact that so in the first movie, there's the moment in the lagoon where that guy is trying to help out the kids, He's like, "Hey, you got problems over there?" And then, Home. 
the shot, the sideways shot of the shark going slowly to him. It's, Get out of the way. Oh. it's traumatizing. It always makes me lift my feet. And you feel bad for the Brody kids. I mean, you would think at some point, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Because this is the second time that he has seen someone sacrifice themselves for his own well-being. And much like that one, it's a little bit of a different take because he's not on his side. It's just you just see him coming mm-hmm. just under the Ooh. surface initially and then take her down. <laughs> Poor Marge. Poor it, Marge. And again, someone sacrificing for the, the blood of the Brodies, mm-hmm. which, yeah. Is it worth it? I'm not so much sure. Uh, he lo- he loony <laughs> loomises on the beach when he unloads six times with his custom modified bullets. Poison tipped bullets. <laughs> Cyanide tipped bullets. That's wow. when you want something to die. When you want something to die, you put poison in your bullets. Like in Silver Bullet, he was a wizard of weapons. <laughs> it's piss on the sharks. It's it was uh, you forget that he has that. And, and that's why this movie is an hour and 56 minutes, because we spend a couple of minutes with him putting together these poison bullets uh, all the times with the Brodies. They even make a nice callback. Uh, you know, you want to go and fool around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we he lost get, the job, I felt bad because like, yeah. again, one, he's right. Well, art is subjective, even photography genius. So what you see is a shark eye shark at all. He's uh, over there, and that stunt that you pulled on the beach—I didn't find that funny at all either. Because she was there, she, she was, was a constant. Bra- she was like, she was like fucking. She was like the shark, just a constant background presence. Fucking the high school band's playing the girl from Impania. She's over there bobbing her head and fucking. Yeah, yeah interesting choice by the uh, Amity High School marching band. Mayor Vaughn throwing shade at him. <laughs> uh let me see here we've got uh now the actual the beach siege followed up by the the photography development i thought was good that provided the shark's eye really cool just to see old school photography happening mm-hmm. and the development process so i pose this question to you off mike and i'll pose this question to listeners let me know what you think we're old school where we remember the whole like you have to put it and develop it mm-hmm. in the water and shit like that. Dark but lights, now in the digi- right now in the digital age, is that like the equivalent of us looking back to those old timey things where they had to put the flash powder, Boosh. right, and like everything's upside down and like they have to, we have to wait fifteen minutes before the the film. Photography evolves, filmmaking evolves. Your references have to evolve. You know that's where your nostalgia comes from. I. It's, yeah, we're getting old, genius. It happens. Um, another little bit that builds into this film, and something that I realized when we were watching Jaws 3D, is in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, there's usually, and I think at this point kind of assumed it'll happen, a dinner table scene or a dinner scene of some sort. Mm-hmm. You know, established in the first one, carried through a number of the sequels. I realized in Jaws, there are these breakfast scenes and dining scenes that happen throughout. That we get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, yeah, genius. And this one, we only eat Cheerios. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We've got Coca-Cola product placement. Yeah, uh, Holiday Inn product placement. Well, they're probably. I'm surprised they're not eating at the Holiday Inn. Say what you will, but this breakfast bar can't be beat. <laughs> I have a shock. Have a shock size appetite. Come to the Holiday Inn breakfast bar. Always going to maximize. All of the chaos that's involved. Um, going through a number of... My- we are introduced to Chekhov's power line 
in this movie. Mm-hmm. Say what uh, Jaws has one of the all time great endings. You're blowing up a shark. You've got the uh, Chief Brody with a quip. You know, smile, you son of a bitch. In part two, it's established early on that there's this like electrical power line that's apparently powering all of Amity. One line. So if somebody, if like somebody overpowers, like if they put the wrong fuse in, the whole town is <laughs> fucked. Or as, as we learn, if you're dragging anything along the bottom there, it'll pull it up. And then we're also introduced to the concept that sharks are attracted, attracted by sound. Yes. I don't know the science of that. So let me ask you this. I know you'll never find yourself uh-uh. in that kind of a situation. Uh-uh. But based on if you did, if you did in your Jaws movie, would you pull upon this knowledge and hope it works? Or are we just like, yeah, the kids can fend for themselves? Depends on who's the kids. That's fair. Oh, good answer. Depends on the characters, yes. Well, the time spent. I kind of enjoyed a lot of these teams. Me too. We I mean, even had you, almost like, can it, you say almost like a Shelley-esque character? No, because he wasn't, he was more No, no a, pranks? No, no pranks. And Shelley was like, well, nobody likes me. And yeah, this guy was the, more. He was more like assertive and more. He you, was threatening to beat little Sean's butt. Well, that's sometimes you got to get violent. I mean, the threat of violence. Like, hey, fucking snap out of it. Sorry about that, your trauma. That's the good thing. Everybody used their words to snap people out of their shock as opposed to slapping them around. Oh, man. Because there it, was a time where it was veering. She was. I would have been like, hey, you'd snap out of it. At least not maybe like shook her around a little bit. Like, calm down. There's no shark. You know, like, don't go Sean Connery on her. No, it's no. Not not no, a good thing. Never, never slop. Don't go around slopping. <laughs> so, so horrible. But the fact then that... This shark, if they're trying to sound, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shh, whisper. The problem is, though, then she's still shaking. So the vibrations true. are kicking in. Great performance. Also, realize, come to realize, uh, Tina, uh, the actress that played Tina, married to Brad Fidel. So you talk That's about... Crazy. Connection to a secret slasher. From the- Miss Amityville to uh, Miss Fidel. So, the, yeah, the composer of uh, Terminator Fright Night. Uh, was it a fraternity vacation? Mm-hmm. All your classics. <laughs> uh, but, no, then the idea then that you hit this thing, it attracts the shark, leaves the little, like, sailing community, like the, almost like this water world-esque compilation of the boats. Uh, yeah, this weird, like, it's this SS Cronenberg. It is. You just, whatever we have, is it fit together? It doesn't matter if it fits together. We'll make it work. Tetsuo, the iron boat. Uh, it's great. And then... He lures the, the the shark away. We get the whole the quip this time. Okay, smile, you son of a smile, you son of a bitch. Versus open wide. Yeah, say ah, say ah. Yeah, is it is the open wide say ah more the canon version and the you know smile, you son of a bitch is the universal. Absolutely, I think. It, but see, if you would have made it more like a, a, a electric pun or something like that, it would have been corny. Mm-hmm. I think he could like. Open wide, you son of a bitch. That's fair. A little bit of callback to it. Yeah. I, I like the. I respect the fact that he was trying new material. Switch it up. Mm-hmm. I liked it. But it's effective and it's bombastic and it's. <laughs> he fucking fries him. It turns crispy him critter. Into, it turns him into a fucking Horace Pinker, fucking sharker. He's coming through fucking cable TV and like biting up people. Is that where you get your ghost shark movie? Yep, exactly. Because it came it's, from cable TV. It's pretty. It's pretty glorious. It I'm not going to lie. It's a good kill. In it's terms of kill. from an explosion to just the electrocution, mm-hmm. it worked. It did. And like you said earlier, th- there could be some meat trimmed out of this movie. A good 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. But don't touch like the last 20 minutes because that 
is tense. Well, and it's what everything is building to. It's much like in a slasher film. It's the last third. Because you even see um, dark clouds on the coming the in storms. on the horizon. A la Friday the 13th. This movie and Halloween established a lot in 78. Mm-hmm. And I know Halloween is beloved. It is the, the, the slasher that popularized everything. But man... Don't sleep on Jaws 2 in terms no. of its contributions to slasher society. There's, It's got a lot going for it. Uh, and in today's day and age, uh, it, it, it flirts with that two-hour line. That's okay. Uh, other other thoughts there, Genius? Uh, I, wa- <laughs> I kind of would like to visit Amity Island, but I wouldn't want to stay there, especially with all the sharks. Yeah, I'd go and like, you know, shop, maybe hang out on the sand and stuff. Go like to that, that bar. Yeah, I hang out the, at the shark bar. But like, yeah, I definitely not go in the water. Especially here's the thing. That's one thing I don't get. There's a history of shark attacks. Why was everybody so quick to dismiss Brody this time? Especially knowing even money aside, even the biologist was like, oh, there's no evidence proof. And she's he's like, Lady, I've seen sharks up close personal. And again, like the minute the minute people started going missing in the water and like shit happens mm-hmm. i would be like okay we need to start closing shit down amity would go right along with the town in a hot fuzz you know it's all for the greater good mm-hmm. oh, or james karen selling houses on the other side fucking all sorts of terrible shit i guess you, better james karen than fucking john ritter well i will i will say this just in terms of it's very nice to go back to martha's vineyard for the setting of amity you get a lot of familiar locations i guess he did crack down on those karate kids just in terms of the fences did they seem to be okay and of not ill repair but he did not crack down on the neighbor girl teasing the uh boy across the street with her open window and her sexy dance saucy stuff going on in amity amity after dark yeah it is yeah it is but apparently there's not that much to do if everybody's going to hanging out at a lighthouse it, again, it's an island community, man. You got to make with what you have. I guess so. I guess. So. And imagine being a teen on that island community. That's why you're constantly sailing. You're trying to get as far away as you can from your home. You're looking at larger waters, and nothing's going to stop you, genius. Mm-mm. Well, nobody but, was buying the air supply. Yeah, not not, not not or the starship. Yeah, or the starship. Uh, so uh, other thoughts John, before John doesn't we need any mannequins. And also, it should be noted. No dog trauma in this. Yeah, no. Well, I would say no animal trauma, but it's a fucking the shark dies. Spoiler. Well, yeah, the shark. Right, yeah. but no other, no, no other fluffy animal. friends. No, mm-hmm. no justice for Pippin in nope. this case. So now that being said, uh, next week we are going to be closing out Shark Timber. I still think we're trying to decide what's going on. Have we decided? Have we locked that in? Not yet, but I, I got, I got a, I got a. I got a couple I want to. Yeah, you've got some on. Yeah, you. you, I know those. Those. I know that look. (laughs) So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to your podcasts again.